Everyone, that's another win. That's a 3-1 win. Um, quite a, a, a emphatic win in the way the game played out. Um, a lot of positives to take away from that. Uh, my biggest takeaway, and I'm going to definitely hear what you have to say, is the fact that we're on a four-game unbeaten streak. You know, we've been able to get 10 points out of those four games, which ideally it would have been great if we could have got all 12, but I think that's a positive sign to look forward to. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was a little bit skeptical at first, and I'm now a believer. Yesterday's game was not only, you know, great, but it was fun. And I don't know how often we could say that Toronto FC have been fun to watch this season. So for me, that was the big thing that, you know, it was exciting. It was fun. The players looked like they were having a good time and something is obviously gelling and meshing and working. And, you know, yes, the, the scoreline is, is great. And, and especially, you know, after we, um, the Portland leveled up one, one for every Toronto fan, you know, you have that groan and you're like, oh, great, this game is going to end 1-2 and we're going to lose it. And that didn't happen. So the fact that the narrative is being rewritten as well, but watching how much fun the players had on the pitch last night, that was just like, that was a truly special moment. Yeah, that to, to touch on that, I, I noticed, this, you know, when, I mean, players always celebrate when whenever we score. You know, you see them all, you know, jump in joy, but, but there's something about... You know, it's like almost like there's a good bond that's building with the group that we have here. They all seem to be connecting well together and they're, they want to see each other do well. And every time there's a goal score, it's like they want everyone fully celebrating, especially in Sydney and and um, Frederico. I find the two of them are just, you know, their energy is infectious, right? You're hearing it from Bob Bradley's press conference, from any of the players, you know, they're getting the best out of everyone else. And I think that's a positive sign moving forward. I agree. And I think especially with Bernadeschi too, like I haven't seen a DP or a player of like DP caliber. I know, you know, labeling is, is a little bit tricky these days. Look like they are having as much fun as he has with Toronto FC. I mean, like, you know, the easy comparison is Javinko and, Javinko, when things weren't going right, he would have, you know, not temper tantrums, but you could see sort of that anger flaring up or you could see that he was getting frustrated. And obviously it's only a couple of games in, but Brindashi just looks like he's having the time of his life here. And I'm sure part of it was going in thinking like, you know, we're playing in North America. It's going to be a little bit easier. He's coming from Juventus who, you know, had a season that wasn't their best season last season. And I think he's genuinely enjoying himself. I think, you know, there, there's a little bit of the cynicism that this was an easy paycheck for them, but he actually looks like he's having fun. And CD is a little bit of a different story. He plays a bit of a different role. So it's really hard to compare the two attitudes. I mean, Sydney is coming from a club that he's been at his whole life. He's coming from a captain's position. And I do think that deep down captains really do play a different role and, and they have to have a different presence on the field than other players they you know kind of have to maintain a certain I don't want to say facade but they have to maintain a certain personality on the field so that still is coming through with Insigne but yeah Brendan Ashley just looks like he is loving it here and he's having the time of his life and he's putting in 110% which to me is the the best part to watch he is playing like he wants to be here yeah, you're not seeing, you know, not that, you know, we've 
we've kind of fortunate with some of the DPs we've had, but within the league itself, we're not seeing these kind of DPs come in and just, oh, it's an easy paycheck. Let me just coast and, you know, put a little effort here and there. These guys mm-hmm. are fighting in for the full 90. It's like you can see the hunger and like they don't like losing. You can see it on their face, you know, bad passes, anything happened, they're quick to point it out, but they're not like get, they're pointing it out in the way to build the player up, not to break the player down. Right. Um, I remember in the last game, or, or if it wasn't the last game, I can't recall. There was a there was a game where Insigne pulled aside um, Marshall Rati, or sorry, um, Jaquil. No, who was it? He pulled one of the youngsters. Maybe it was Jaden Nelson. I can't recall exactly, but he kind of gave like not he didn't scold him, but he kind of directed him what he needs from him, where he needs to be, and that's a positive when you get these. DP type players who are making these big paychecks who are a hundred percent engaged because it's only going to make the team better as a whole when you can build and you can, you know, you're, you're showing leadership without having to have that captain's armband. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that's the difference, you know, two months ago when a mistake happened and the players would have chatter on on the pitch it was a negative thing or at least from the stands or you know from television it looked like a negative thing it looked like they were getting frustrated and and people were pointing out what was done wrong and it was it wasn't a learning experience especially with so many young players that we had on the pitch at the beginning of the season and now it looks more like a this is going to sound cheesy but it, it it's a different ecosystem on the pitch like Players are learning. Players know that they can make mistakes and it's not going to ruin the game because A, not everything is on their shoulders now, and B, that they actually have people that they can learn from who have the time to teach them. I mean, poor Michael Bradley, and I'm a Michael Bradley defender through and through. I I think I've made that very, very clear. But he can only do so much, and he was carrying so much for that team up until, you know, a couple, what, six games ago, four games ago, how many games ago it was? And so I think now that there's a little bit more of a a relaxed atmosphere on the pitch, there are more people to look at. There are people who are in different positions as well that can sort of um, lead and teach and, you know, inspire the sort of next generation. And that's sort of what's nice, that there's a positivity on the pitch that I don't think we've seen in a while. Definitely. And overall, what's also helped improve is that we have a – a better overall balance, in my opinion. You know, we've strengthened, like, and, and I, 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 sorry, I didn't catch the person's name who posted it, but Crescito, uh, Rise Above the Reds podcast, Crescito has been DP caliber signing. He's been Absolutely. outstanding on that left back. Um, the two games we've had Richie back, I mean, he's been lights out, right? Mm-hmm. So you've signif- you know, you strengthen our defensive core just by adding two key pieces on the wing. We've had solid contribution from, you know, we've seen the growth of McNaughton, but Chris Mavinga's had two back-to-back solid games, mm-hmm. right? We haven't seen that from Chris all season long, right? So our defense has improved. Midfield, you now have a more confident, well, A, we've, all, we've said it all season long, a healthy Osario is just is the engine that runs that midfield. And it's proven, like, with his, you know, finishing in the past few games. Um, Jaden Nelson probably had one of his better games. Yeah, he had a couple mistakes, but they were minimal and very few compared to what we've seen, you know, earlier in the season. We're seeing improvements from his game. Again, we know that that he's not 
the pencil didn't start in that in that spot, but at least he's filling in a role um, admirably at this moment. Um, and then when you go up front, we just added two DP players. So we're well more balanced starting 11 than we were a month and a half ago. And that's one of the big, big factors that you're going to see an improved squad. I totally agree. And I think, too, it's, it's the foresight as well that we didn't have before. I mean, we were at the game yesterday, and my partner said something along the lines, I forget his exact quote, but he was saying that when we were 1-0 uh, up, we were playing as if we were 3-0 up. And, you know, we were fantastic that first half. And that, that goal from Portland happened. And traditionally, TFC would have fallen apart after that. But they didn't. They regrouped. They came up with a plan. And there was, you know, some show-stopping goals after that. I do think that there is sort of that um, confidence has been built back in the team. And for everything you just said, those positions are being put into place, strengthening kind of the structure that we had before and having those reliable pieces that now can kind of push on to that next level. Right. And I'm like, I want everyone to understand, and I'm sure, you know, we, we've had this discussion. This is far from a complete roster. There are oh, guys on yeah. our eleven. <laughs> Uh, on our 11 right now that will not be starting come next season or may not even be with the club, right? But we see a more structured team. We see a team that, you know, when everyone plays within their role and plays, understands what, what's asked of them, the team, they can compete with almost anyone within MLS uh, on a starting 11 basis. Now, I'm not going to get too hyped up on, on, on saying that, you know, we're definitely in that playoff hunt. We're, we're close. We're, you know, we're only four points off, but again, there's so many teams ahead of us and the only chance we'll have is going to be determined after the next three games. If you know, those are all three of those teams or all those three of those games are against teams that are ahead of us in the standings. Charlotte is tied with us on points. Um, I think they have a, a slightly better goal difference why they're, they're ahead of us, but you know, if we can get those three wins, It'll be an interesting conversation we're going to have in the Tunnel Club after that Charlotte win. If we can, like I said, if we can get those wins, because that, assuming results continue to go our way, we would assume, we, uh, assume I would assume, be a lot closer to that, that last playoff spot. We don't know. You know, like I said, we need a lot of help. But when you're playing teams ahead of you, if you can, like, eliminate that gap, that's a big factor. And I think that's sort of like where the dial has gone. The fact that we're even discussing that we can still make the playoffs. And I think that is sort of what this team has sort of come at, that we're even having this discussion. And yeah, it's not guaranteed. And yeah, it won't be easy. And yeah, there's a lot of factors involved, but there's a chance. And I think that that's what TFC have been missing, that, that there is a chance factor. And to me, that's incredible. That has made everything sort of worthwhile that people are now really believing in this team because they've shown that we could do it. And there is a good chance that we can make, mm, there is a chance we can make playoffs at this point. And I think we'll be icing on the cake if we do. And if we don't, but still kind of continue this, this positive streak of, of undefeatedness, obviously we need to, we need to win games in order to get those points. But if we can continue the streak of undefeatedness, um, that's going to show what we can actually accomplish next year, next season, when we have probably a better roster, 
We have players who have played together for more than, you know, half a month. And we have all these pieces come together. So that's the exciting part for me. Definitely. Um, now, as usual, guys, the show isn't just about hearing us talk. If you guys want to take the mic, you know what? Just hit the uh, request button in the left-hand corner of your screen, and we'll definitely want to hear from you. Um, if you don't want to take the mic, you can send us a message. Uh, just tweet us at tunnel, TFC Tunnel Club, uh, and we'll definitely uh, bring up your point. Um, but, you know, I think it, for us, it's, it's a time to celebrate. Team's on a win streak. You know, there's definitely areas where, you know, we, we need to improve. There's, you know, yesterday that, that goal was just a defensive collapse. I rewatched the game again today. And it was just, you know, we got beat on the on the on the counter, right? And we weren't ready for that. We weren't in the right position, and they had they had us outnumbered, uh, and it was that simple. Um, it was, you know, we've seen an improved Alex Bono over the past month, a more confident Alex Bono in, in playing out of the back. Um, I think most people can agree that's that's been an area of struggle for him, but it's been something we haven't really had those moments of gasping, uh, what's he going to do? Um, so that's a, a bonus um, from, from my standpoint. Um, I'd love to, like I said, I want to hear from you guys. What, what's your take on yesterday's result? You know, we had another packed stadium yesterday. Um, how many of you guys think we're, we have a, a, a realistic chance of maybe making that, that play, playoffs? Um, let's hear from you guys today. Sonia, anything else, any other takeaways you have from yesterday's game? Um, no, like I said, I'm still like on cloud nine of how fun it was. I was there with my partner, my kid and my dad. And, you know, it, it was the first time that like at halftime, we were excited to chat about the game and, and talk positives and look forward to the second half. And it was just, it was a really great moment that I haven't felt in a long time at BMO Field. And I'm hoping that it's here to stay. And, you know, I'm, I've become a Bernadeschi fan. I, I would never think that, I would have never thought that I would, you know, fall in love with the former Juventus player. But for all intents and purposes, he is a Toronto FC player and I can ignore the Juventus side of things. And yeah, number one fan. He, he has just blown me away of how, how amazing he's been. And just on the pitch personality wise and 100% probably going to get his jersey. Well, I'll definitely touch on both that topic and the crowd. Um, but Jordan wanted to jump in. So Jordan, uh, just unmute yourself and go ahead. Hey guys, that game was a lot of fun yesterday, as you said. And um, honestly, like I never seen so much fluid passing through the entire game in a very long time. I don't think I've seen that since 2017, 2018, when the team was just gelling together. I kind of wish this team was together when we faced Vancouver a few weeks back, but, you know, they just can't be choosers. But um, in terms of having a realistic chance to make the playoffs, I don't think anybody wants to see this team the way they're going right now. We don't even have Anthony K in the lineup yet, and we're already playing this well. It shows just how much of a difference uh, Richie Larea made when he came back, and um, and yeah, um, overall, I think the team as a whole is doing extremely well. 
I can even see, like, uh, in the first half, why Jesus Jimenez starts because he does make very good plays on the ball when he actually chooses to, when he's not <clears throat> being lazy about it the other half of the time. But that can still be a work in progress. We'll talk about the strikers another time. But yeah, overall, I can't really complain. But I just hope they didn't dig themselves too deep of a hole. And uh, what do you think about Brandesi's game before his goal? Because it seemed like he was getting marked really well at points, and he was he was getting a little bit frustrated. And uh, I'll just get it back to you guys. All right, thanks again, Jordan. Uh, Sonia, what what's your take on on how do you think Bernadeschi played prior to his goal? So I'm not gonna lie, the hair switch up between him and Insigne has like completely thrown me off. So I every time I would see like this blonde streak, I would be very confused of which player I was looking at because my eyesight is also terrible. But yeah, I agree. I think the first half, so many other players did really, really well that Bernadeschi kind of got um not lost in the crowd. I don't want to say that, but I think he didn't shine as brightly. And I think that's also okay. I think he came back. His goal is fantastic. Um, he, there must have been something in at halftime that you know brought him up to where he was or where he he ended up being for that game. But these players are getting used to a lot of things. I know you mentioned the Vancouver game, but I mean, it, it's a little bit unfair to to judge their overall performance when they're playing on turf when they're having all these travel things like. That Vancouver game was disappointing, but it wasn't that much of a surprise. I think now that they're starting to get into a regular rhythm, unfortunately, at the end of the season, that we're going to see a lot more from those players. And yeah, I mean, maybe I'm a Bernadeschke apologist, but I think it's okay that if if our DPs are a little bit quieter at some points and then become explosive when they need to be. And I think that's sort of what happened yesterday. Yes, I'll, I'll agree. I think, he, you know, he was definitely a bit quiet but he was still involved and i think what i take from that is that sometimes he's gonna be you know one of the one of the two dps is real tight they may not he may not have as much space to move around but his his movement and 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 one one touch play with even if you look at the first goal you know he was involved in how they were moving the ball around so sometimes he may not be the focal point or he may not get as many touches as we'd like but it, it, he wasn't playing in a way that was a that was a detriment to way to how the team was playing right so and again he definitely you know there there was a little bit more movement and more involvement of him in the second half but i don't take anything negative i think you know the two of them have been a, a, a They've just been a bright spot. Bernadeschi has been, he's embraced coming to Toronto, being part of the, the. and again, this is the early season hype, but he he seems to be fully embracing the the city and being part of the club and, and he's giving it his all, in my opinion. I think he's, he's been a, nothing but a, a, a positive influence on and off the pitch so far. Um, Atmosphere-wise, because I know um, one of the audience members did touch on this, has been a blast like i i as well for those who remember missed that that the first game um against uh was that the charlotte game i didn't get to see that but i saw the crowd on tv and i could only imagine the vibe in the stadium and you're definitely feeling a positive atmosphere when you're there you feel everyone is happy to be there everybody's 
just you know enthusiast from start to finish everyone's engaged and that's you don't have those moments where you're like oh boy and you're kind of just like all right i'm here and just like hopefully it doesn't end up you know like th there's none of that negativity it's all a good energy a good vibe it, it's fun being back and and feeling that in the stadium again yeah i definitely agree with that i was a little bit worried when i showed up um so i, I was at the charlotte game and, you know, it was packed to get in and we were waiting in lines and we coming in the south end and like it was to the parking lot. And then yesterday's game, we got in no line right away uh, at gate four. And so I was a little bit worried because the concourse seemed empty and like, you know, we didn't get there super, super early by any means. But the stadium was just absolutely incredible. Like it, it felt like a playoff game, to be honest. Like it was just I can't even describe it. It was absolutely banging. And that that feeling has returned to BMO, which, you know, we, we saw it at during the Javinko times, but like it reminded me of early days, like, you know, circa first, second, third season when people were just so happy to be there. That sort of like an abrash enthusiasm was really pouring through, which was really, really nice and and exciting to see. And and honestly, like it felt almost like a homecoming. It was like how you want BMO to be, which was nice. I actually think it's it really is almost like the old times in the sense of you know Toronto fans never show up on time for a game. You know, because <laughs> I remember just prior to kickoff looking around, I'm like, yo, seems like a lot of empty seats. And five minutes later, it was packed. Yep. Right. It didn't take long for, for everyone to show up and get in their seats. But, um, you know, those are the things that I think a winning environment, a winning group, uh, you know, you make the right additions to your club. It, you, and it wasn't just necessarily the right additions. It, they were big money signings. They were well known. So, you know, a lot of the crowd isn't, aren't necessarily even the, the everyday crowd who've been there from day one. These are a lot of new people who've jumped on board and are loving the vibe and, and helping create this new energy and atmosphere at, at BMO Field. And again, I'm I'm all for anyone who wants to get on board and make that place a fortress again because teams used to hate coming to Toronto to play, not just because of the team on the pitch, but BMO Field was truly a 12th man. And I think we're starting to get back to that energy and that vibe where away teams aren't going to want to come here. Absolutely. Thank you. Bang on. Now, when we have a, you know, such a good win, when we're on a, a high, there's less, people have left less to say when there's, there's nothing negative to say. Um, <laughs> and I think one area we probably should maybe point out is, you know, we've been hard on him and as, and, and a lot of questions on whether he should or shouldn't start. But, you know, there's a lot of off-the-ball things that he does well. And I think that's one of the, the areas where I know Mike has, has, has touched on very often why maybe he starts week in, week out over a player like Io. You know, we see Io does bring a different dynamic to the game, which is a positive, but neither of them are really scoring when they're on the pitch. So at this point, you kind of have to go with the one that maybe brings more to the table. And... I'm hoping he can really break out of that 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 drought because I think if he can get out of that drought, we'll see him get a you know a few games with the remaining games. I can see him getting back on a bit of a scoring uh, role. So I think that's if we can if that can kind of get going for him, 
that can only be a positive for the team when you can have another scoring threat up front. For sure. And I think, and I'm guilty of this too, that we've kind of given Jimenez, we've ranked him a little bit wrongly or unfairly. When he first started, he did really, really well. And we almost looked at him as, you know, a, a substitute DP. And I think expectations were really, really high. And so when the expectations didn't necessarily continue along that, that we, we ranked him a little bit differently than I think maybe we should have. I think he is a very, you know, B level player and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Every teams can't have all a level players, right? Like, you you can only spread out the talent so much. And I think he's sort of doing exactly what he was hired to do at this point. And, and a little bit of that pressure has been relieved off of him because he doesn't necessarily have to be the one of the top three players on the pitch now because we actually have those A-level players. So I think his position, there's going to be a little bit of pressure relieved off of him from like, you know, the fans and the commentary and whatnot. And maybe without that pressure, he can start performing a little bit better like we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, from the standpoint of not where he doesn't have to be the main focal point or he doesn't have to, to feel the need that if he doesn't score, who else is going to? Like, reality is, is we actually don't need him to be the, that that guy. Mm-hmm. But if he could be an added bonus, that is just an added bonus, right? And that, to me, is if he can kind of let get that out of his head where he can just play. And like I said, I, th- I believe all he really needs, like most goal scorers, when you're in a funk, you just need that one goal. Mm-hmm. Right, and if he can, if he can get that goal, you know, and you see they're trying to get him. There's many times if you watch in the game, they're doing things to try to open him up and get him something within the 18. It just sometimes it doesn't work work out for him, right? Um, so hopefully we can see that change sooner rather than later because I think it would only be it would only strengthen our forward um, and make us even more lethal when you have three guys up front and. At any moment, any one of them could put the ball in the net. Absolutely. We have another request from Niet. Uh, all right, Niet, uh, just unmute yourself and go ahead. How's it going, everybody? Um, in terms of Jimenez, yeah, I agree. He's he's good off the ball sometimes. And sometimes he doesn't run enough. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think the eye test tells us just how good he is because the stats also show that he's not been very good. Um, but I, I do think he brings more to the table than Akinola. That being said, he's very clearly in a mental rut right now. Do you think benching him as for a game or two just so he can, uh, you know, kind of refresh and let Akinola have a run of games? Would help. That's not not to say Akinola is better or Jimenez is worse or whatever. Just to give him that, um, like a refresh. I don't. I, I really don't have the word for it, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Love your thoughts on that. Yeah. No. I. I get. I get what you're trying to say. Just sort of like when you remove yourself from a situation, reassess it, and then put yourself back in. Is what I assume you're saying. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know because I'm not a professional athlete, I don't know if it's the same sort of thing where if you're taken out, if you take that as a positive or if you, <laughs> if you take it as a negative, but I, I agree. Something needs to be changed up because, you know, the definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And so if we do maybe change that starting lineup, if, 
something happens that way, it may change that mental block. But I don't know if this is good news or bad news. I, I do think it is a mental block. I don't think it's necessarily a overall performance or he's just not a good enough player. I do think something is should happen that can kind of release him from that. And I mentioned this um, on a different thing, but I think that's sort of what happened with Michael Bradley. I think that Insigne uh, really helped relieve Michael Bradley's mental block. And, you know, he he's scoring again and, and assisting and I think that's sort of what uh, Jimenez needs, that he needs that sort of like person to lean on in order to start performing at his peak. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, part of me feels that maybe giving him a, a game off to allow him to kind of regroup, that might help, but that also might get him more into his own head, right? Because we all, it, I think we would all, at least majority of, fans might feel or agree it is a mental block because you know we see him doing all the right things on the pitch but it's just not happening right so it there's got to be a mental thing that like where he's just in his head and forcing things too much maybe making you know the wrong decisions at different moments we're not sure and I don't know how you get a player out of that right like you know we've all played at different levels of different type of sports but playing at a professional level is totally different, right? Um, you know, I've, I've always heard they say with, with, with shooters, shooters shoot. So you just got to keep feeding them the ball. They're going to have moments where they're off, but you just got to keep feeding it to them because when they're on, they're on. Problem is, is well, it's not even necessarily a problem because it's not as if his play is hurting the team. It's not, of him, it's not as if him not scoring is affecting the team. I think all we just want to see is just, again, we just want to see him get out of that funk because I think if for, for us, he's, he's one of us, he's a teammate. He's, he's, he's part of our club. We want to see the best out of him. Right. And we all can pretty much see that he's in that funk. And, you know, as fans, we're just, you know, it's not a, a negative that we want maybe changing it up is giving IO, you know, favorite over IO is just when you see him not being able to put the ball in the net week in, week out, what else do you do if you don't try something different? Yeah, I think while you're talking, I know I mentioned Michael Bradley before, but I think maybe a, a better comparison to something that you just said is maybe a Mavinga. And I know saying Mavinga is, is it's, it's going to score a lot of discussion, but Mavinga was a player whose who's d- decisions and his funk was actually affecting the overall team right like when he made a mistake or didn't do something it usually resulted in a goal or a card and he's managed at least in the last game to kind of get out of that funk as well and I think it's because he does have players around him again that he can count on so maybe this is just a you know a, a odds of probability that if you keep playing that he Jimenez I mean is is going to start feeling that confidence, having that support about players around him and start, you know, performing at, at, uh, at a level that we're more comfortable with um, and that he's more comfortable with as well. But I do think that that's an important point that a lot of Jimenez's mistakes or a lot of Jimenez's troubles aren't really affecting the overall team. Obviously it's a team sport. So everything you do does affect the team, et cetera. But it, it's nothing that when I see him on the pitch, I'm like, oh, they got to pull him. And I think that's sort of what the difference is. It's almost like, it's almost worse in a way because it is sort of this mediocre funk that that 
it's nothing that you have to fix immediately because the health of the team um, depends on it. But it really is, it's, it's an interesting case. It really is a player who seems to be inside of his own head. And I don't know how often we see that at TFC because a lot of times, you know, one mistake does affect the overall team. Not only that, when you when a player is, you know, does affect the overall team, they're quick to be yanked and pulled off, of, uh, you know, out of the 11, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, clearly the club and his teammates believe in him, why they're going to, they keep, you know, trotting him out week in, week out. Um, so clearly the only thing that, you know, from my perspective, that's going to resolve this is him just scoring a goal. It's that simple. There's nothing we can sit here and go back and forth over this, but at the end of the day, until he pops it in, nothing's going to change. Yeah, and I think there's also a really big missed opportunity to continue with our Depeche Mode S tiers for like our own personal Jimenez or like our own personal Jesus, you know? And so that's really the reason why I want to score, just for I want him to score for the musical chant opportunity. On a personal note. There's always that. But for you, like, you, like I said, if we can get him scoring, that's just another bonus, another threat from the un- offensive standpoint. Um, thankfully, you know, Oso's playing on fire right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, I'm just waiting for him to do that. Give me that, sign that, that paycheck celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the old team there, yeah? That'd be amazing. The way he's moving, though, like, I mean, could he not just do it and get away with it? Like, fans wouldn't even hate on him for it. Like, he's just playing out of his, out of his mind right now. I mean, again, it is a contract year, and some players tend to do that when they want that big, big, big contract, but go for it, kid. You do your thing. Yeah. And honestly, he's in a funny position because I think he is being overshadowed as a player in the media because of Infine, because of Bernadeschi, like that. But at the same time, he's really being highlighted because of the Canadian national team and, and, you know, an upcoming world cup and things like that. So I think he's in this sort of tough position where like, he is at the best that I think he's been with Toronto, but has all these different sort of barriers to overcome. But yeah, no, a check signing would be incredible. I, I'm 100% here for that. Well, I mean, when it comes to his lack of maybe respect in the media, is the fact that our media has just never really shown enough respect to the game itself. You know, the, we get big international signings. Every media outlet is here and wants to interview them, you know, but Oso's been our best player from start of the season till now, hands down. And he don't get enough love. Like the fans, we all, I know all the fans love him. But media needs to do a better job. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and obviously there is a very niche Toronto sports or soccer media conglomerate that like, you know, does recognize that. But overall, the fact that the average person on the street doesn't know Osorio's name is wild to me. Like, it is, he should be up there. I mean, obviously, on a global scale, it's it's a little bit different. But, like, from a Canadian player, he should be up there with, you know, Davies and Jonathan David of just people knowing who he is. And it, it it's wild to me that he isn't. Well, I think we could have a, an hour-long show just on the issue <laughs> within Canada soccer, or probably a few hours to to be to, to talk the truth. But um, we won't dwell on that. 
you know, at the end of the day, we've had, like I said, we had another great result yesterday. We have a big game coming up on Wednesday uh, against New England. Um, that's, again, a crucial three points against a team that's ahead of us in the standing. So, you know, we hope the team is well-rested. Um, I'm, I will, my honest opinion, I don't see Mark Anthony K being healthy enough to, to play anytime soon. Just from what I'm hearing, heard out of Bob Bradley's press conference or presser last night, you know, there's good days and bad days that Mark Anthony has been having since he's been off. So, there hasn't been enough consistent good days, so I don't see him playing this Wednesday. So um, hopefully everyone's well-rested and ready, good to go. Hope all the fans are well-rested and good for another loud Wednesday night. Um, you know, weekday games haven't always traditionally been the biggest crowd, but I'm still expecting a big turnout come this Wednesday. Yeah, I think so too. And I think um... – I mean, just anecdotally, obviously, I don't know the truth behind this, but I wonder if people had pre-bought tickets earlier because of the idea of Josie returning to BMO. Obviously, that's, that's not happening now, but I'm really hoping that people are excited for this game because it, it's, I mean, every game going forward, I will say this, but it's going to be the biggest game of the season so far. And, you know, if we can recreate that energy on a Wednesday night that we had on Sunday... TFC's back. It's it's that simple. I can definitely, I would definitely not disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I will say this before I bring in Thundercat. Um, Josie did score uh, for Puebla this weekend, I believe. I think Friday or whenever he played. Um, so he got off the mark for that club. But yeah, it is, it is definitely unfortunate. We, you know, the fans weren't able to kind of have one more, you know, goodbye route you know something with Josie um but it is what it is um Thundercat go ahead and unmute yourself hey thanks for letting me on uh hope my connection's uh good enough where I am because uh, I'm not at home um but uh I want to just bring up you know we mentioned uh Mark Anthony K not playing on Wednesday and you mentioning now that it sounds like you're not confident he's going to come back in a little bit but uh so then how do we feel about Nelson, you know, being that person in the uh, in the midfield? Like, I, I personally thought he he seemed like he's improved a little bit in that last game. Like, you know, a little bit, not, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say it was a huge amount, but like generally he seemed a little bit faster on a pass. Generally, he seemed to be making, you know, better decisions. Like, he seems to be kind of coming along where we would have, maybe hoped he he was, I think, uh, you know, quite a few games back when uh, when it was all the generally the kids playing. But he seems to be kind of maybe finding his footing with the higher caliber players around them. I'd love to hear, you know, your opinion on it as well. Um, yeah. oh, I guess I'll quickly just jump in on that. I think like I said, my, this is my take on Mark Anthony. So for all I know, you know, I, we could all be shocked and and lucky that he is back sooner rather than later. But, you know, I don't think they're going to rush anything with him. Um, you know, it, it is an important year for him. So they're going to be cautious. Um, with that being said, I do agree. I think yesterday was probably one of the best games where the mistakes that we usually see from Jade Nelson – we're very like he, he had a couple, 
but he he definitely wasn't forcing it. He wasn't trying to be too aggressive. If he didn't have a plate, I saw a couple times where he wasn't he didn't hesitate to bring it back and and you know let's let's start f- find a better path. Let's maybe we need to shift. He was he was wasn't trying to do too much. Um, again, unfortunately, depth wise, we have no depth. You know, when you look at the team when they're when they're warming up on the sideline, it's a bunch of young kids. So for now, at least for the remainder of the season, and at least until Mark Anthony K is healthy, it, it's Jaden's spot. And he, hopefully he can continue to show progression game in, game out. That's all we can really ask him, right? He's playing with the type of caliber players that should improve his game if he's, if he's a fully engaged and wants to get better, but only time will truly tell. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'm still, you know, with my rose-colored glasses. I thought he had a great game. There's always always going to be mistakes and, you know, second-guessing and whatnot. But where he was earlier at the season and the amount of pressure put on him early on in the season, I think now, truthfully, like, he can only get better unless, like you were saying, Sean, like, unless he doesn't want to. I can't imagine him getting worse. Um I mean, I'm sure that's going to come back and bite me, you know, in a couple of weeks from now, because whenever I make giant declarations, they always do. But I I have faith in this kid. Like, I, I think he's just going to continue to improve. I think he's going to learn. I think he's going to become more comfortable in the position. I think he's going to have a lot of that pressure that was at the beginning of the season where it was just him and, a, and also a bunch of kids around him. Um, I think that's all changing now. And I think you know, game by game, it's going to change. But what they do in practice and, and, you know, the scenes that we don't necessarily see all the time, I think that's where you're going to start seeing um, those changes be reflected in games. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to him growing as a player because I think he can do that. I think he has the talent. I think that it just needs to be nurtured a little bit and there has to be a little bit more discipline and a little bit more understanding of the game that just comes with age and maturity and having good players around you. So, yeah, I honestly believe that he can only get better from here, and I'm excited to see how he's going to perform for the rest of the season and and hopefully with us next season. Yeah, and I mean, when you have Mark Anthony K and uh, Insignia to, to learn from, how to carry yourself, how to, you know, get your game to that next level, especially someone like Mark Anthony K, you can kind of, he can kind of use him as an example of somebody who fought to get where he is today. It's going to have to, it's, at the end of the day, it's all going to be up to Jaden to, to own it and be willing to do what it, he needs to do to be focused game in, game out, be sharp. Again, all athletes make mistakes. There's no perfect athlete, right? So we, it's not as if we're going to see a perfect game from it. But it's just what we want to see. What I think we're seeing is improvement week in, week out, growth. And that's all we can ask for a young kid. He's what, 19, 20 years old? He's still got a, you know, he's still learning. For sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. With that being said, uh, I think we're going to wrap up this, today's show. Um, again, thanks again for everyone who jumped on. Thanks again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, Sonia, thank you so much for uh, jumping in on, on a last minute. Um, but before I forget, why don't you give everybody your ha- your Twitter handle, just as a recap? 
Sure, and thanks for having me. I, I when I can, I'm I'm happy to jump on, and, and I'm excited that today was all positives because I tend to bring a lot of negative into the space. So happy to do positives. But um, if you want to hear, you know, my usual negative rants, um, I'm at Sonia Missio on Twitter, and you can still find me at CDN Footy. Um, I don't even know my own Twitter handle, which is hilarious. Mike does all this all the time. So I just sit there and just like twiddle my thumbs. Um, now, my usual co-host is enjoying a nice weekend away. So I hope you're enjoying it by the lake because I saw him send out a picture. So he's having a much more relaxing time than we are. But we're all happy because TFC won. So there's really no, nothing for us to be down about. So for all of you, thanks for joining us today. Get outside. The sun is shining. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we will be back next, I believe, on Thursday night. But you'll see us post. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. Ciao.